What is going on, everybody? This is the 18th episode of Cooper's Chalk Talk. So today, talking about a couple different things. I want to talk about um, just generally some workout stuff, and then also want to hit on the marijuana industry. Um, just as it, you know, it kind of seems like it's really starting to look like legalization is going to be coming in about 2022 as I read more and more about it. So pretty exciting stuff there um, if you're invested in it for sure. Um, and then just want to talk about um, some retail businesses kind of going on as well as the NBA free agent frenzy, just millions and millions of dollars being thrown away um, or throwing around at some of these players. It's just kind of shocking to see how much money these guys make off playing basketball. So really, really wild stuff. Um, But first things first, I wanted to jump into the actual, just, I wanted to just talk about kind of diet and workout stuff that I've been working on um, just in my own free time. So the reason why I bring this up is it's summertime. Everyone's trying to get in shape, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, out here in Arizona, it's like, I think this past week is like 115 degrees. So everybody's kind of trying to be in pool ready. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is you get ready for, uh, for summertime in general. So I want to talk about something that I've been working on. So every morning when I wake up, I drink a cup of egg whites. I know it sounds weird. I mean, if you want to cook them, you could, um, and just make me mix them like with some ketchup or, you know, salsa or something like that, put some green chili in it. Um, but the reason why I say that, um, because egg whites are basically just pure protein, which is fantastic. You get about, you know, about 40 grams of protein. You're only taking in about 120 calories in total. There's no fats, nothing like that. So it's really, really good just for an instant shot of protein. And the reason why I drink this in the morning is just to kind of get my body going with metabolism and as well is I kind of drink that and then I go work out at the gym. So at least my body's kind of going into something, um, going in to be able to burn off a little something as it's burning off some of the stuff from the prior night as well. Um, and then after I finish my workout, um, I'm, I'm going to go over just a couple of workouts that I think are important too. Um, but I'm going to just kind of focus on the diet to start off with. So then I kind of go and I have a protein shake. You, my protein shake's about 120 calories, about 25 grams of protein, three carbs. So once again, very, very small amounts of really anything besides protein. So just to start off my day before noon, I pretty much have about 60 to 65 grams of carbs um, in my, in my act or 65 grams of protein, I'm sorry, in my morning. And I don't eat anything else besides that before noon. So I have just basically liquid protein essentially with, you know, it comes out to about 240 actual calories and that's all I take in the morning. So that's all that I'm eating or, you know, consuming from an actual nutrition standpoint in the morning. Obviously I'm having like water and coffee as well. Um, but I, I'm kind of old school. I drink my coffee black with maybe like two sweet and lows. So not a whole lot going on there. Um, and everything else is just water. And then the next piece is, is then I actually enjoy my actual lunch. So the great part about this is, well, it's not really, it's not technically intermittent fasting. It It's kind of a form of it in my mind. So I'm basically just having pure protein in it. And it's really just minimizing how much I'm actually taking in. And it kind of naturally protects how much calories, how much fats, how much carbs you're getting, because you're not really having any of that in the morning. Um, the trick to this is whenever you're with your significant other on a Saturday and Sunday and trying to control this, because obviously everyone likes brunch, everyone likes doing that kind of stuff. So, um, that discipline on the weekends is a little bit more difficult. So that's where you kind of have to make sure that, you know, if you're going to try to do this, I think it is important to try to stay true to it. So like, you know, 
if you go out and enjoy yourself on a Friday night, you know, it might be kind of rough on a Saturday not to really have anything. So, you know, once again, it's all about, you know, balance, you know, it's trying to do your best whenever you possibly can. Um, but that that's kind of what I've been doing in my mornings. Then, you know, for my lunch, you know, generally what I have is I usually I'm able to kind of enjoy something more on my lunch. Um, as of late, I've been eating a lot of like chicken salads and stuff like that. So once again, not really high kinds of not really any kind of high carb necessarily for lunch. Um, but I do, you know, I have higher fats, you know, I'll, I'll have a little bit of cheese in there. Um, you know, I'll have, you know, usually I'll have like some potato chips or something like that for my lunch that's kind of mixed in there as well. And then what I have then after that is usually I have, you know, relatively something, some kind of small snack, some kind of like protein bar, you know, just something generally small at about 3 p.m. And then at dinner, I eat whatever I want to. So in all honesty, like if you want to go and have like a steak, mashed potatoes, gravy, whatever you want to eat, I pretty much just eat whatever I want to for dinner. I, I kind of always say that, you know, I like to break bread with, with the, my loved ones. So at night, you know, I'm able to kind of eat whatever I want to. You don't really have to hold back. Um, I'm a huge cereal person in the evenings. So usually I'll have like a full on dinner, you know, usually. And once again, I eat pretty, pretty large amounts. So, um, you know, I'll have a really, really big dinner and then I'll really have a bowl of cereal as kind of like my dessert. Um, I, I got this cereal. I don't know what it's called. Um, from, from Costco, it's, it's like $13 a box, but it's, it's damn near like granola. Um, but it is fantastic. It has like whole almonds in it, has cranberries. It is incredible cereal from, um, from Costco. So I get that. That's kind of my dessert after I eat pretty much whatever I want to for dinner. And the nice thing is, is that, you know, once again, since I eat so much at that kind of dinner time, I'm not really hungry again. And then, you know, I might have, you know, kind of a little bit of hunger that kind of peaks again at eight. And usually, you know, I'll have a little bit of fruit, you know, maybe, couple pieces of pineapple or watermelon or something like that just kind of you know just once again I, I think it is important you know even though that is just a little shock of sugar to the body it's something that I like to enjoy so it's usually what I'm eating on a day-to-day basis so you know on any portion of the day you know once again whatever that dinner is it, you know my my in-laws are are Vietnamese so a lot of times we'll have you know sometimes they'll be pho sometimes there's like crab paste soup something you know it's whatever that's really that really whatever we're eating with the family so so you know we, we eat a lot of that kind of stuff so once again it's, it's still it's pretty high protein and then you know the carbs are coming from generally good places you know I know white rice actually causes higher inflammation than you know brown rice does but you know once again we that's what we eat we eat white rice we write uh, rice noodles that kind of stuff so we usually have a really really big dinner mixed with that cereal once again so that's where I get a bulk of my actual carbs and the reason why I know most commonly thought of is like oh well you know you don't want to eat a lot in your evenings because you don't want to go to sleep on it. But the good thing is, is that since I work out first thing in the morning, you know, I wake up every morning at about 4.15, drink my egg whites, and then I kind of get going on my day. Um, I work out by, you know, I'm usually in the gym by five. So the great part of that is I'm able to get in there, work out, and then, you know, I kind of use whatever from that night before for extra fuel. So, you know, once again, when I say eat whatever I want, I really generally do eat whatever I want to. So, you know, even if it's, you know, if I want to go eat Chick-fil-A, if I want, you know, we don't really eat a ton of red meat, to be honest with you currently. So, you know, a lot of that is like going to be chicken based, but you know, I eat whatever I want to. And then if I kind of let that bleed over a little bit later, like we went out and ate, um, chilies one day last week, 
telling you, the two for 25 is unbelievable at Chili's. Um, it's kind of like unfair for how much food you get for 25 bucks. But, um, you know, nonetheless, you know, since I don't eat all day, I don't really feel that guilt because my body is kind of able to take all that food and kind of energize it into the next day. And, you know, it's hungry. It's craving something because, you know, you, I'm not saying I'm like starving myself throughout the day, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not overindulging, you know, it's kind of, kind of, protecting my my body until also giving myself that freedom to eat whatever I want to while still trying to maintain you know a certain kind of a certain kind of look that I try to maintain so you know right now I'm kind of maintaining between 194 to 198 um, which is right in the zone that I want to be um, you know I'm maintaining you know a body fat percentage that I'm pretty happy with you know still able to you know walk around feeling like you know if I go out to a pool, I feel very comfortable. Um, and you know, the most important thing is I think it's important that you, you feel confident whenever, you know, especially I'm in sales. So it's extremely important to be able to walk into a sales call feeling confident with how you look. So, um, so that's kind of what I'm doing diet wise. And then as far as workouts go, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, I usually am in the gym five days a week and then I do some other kind of workout one other, one other day. So, you know, the big thing that I've been trying to do is usually, on like either Saturday or Sunday, I'll go out and I'll do like a run, you know, once again, it's nice and hot outside. So with me being pretty fair skinned, I try to get out and catch some sun and stuff like that. So I'll get out there, and I'll do like a little five mile run, you know, kind of run. And, you know, on that five mile run, you know, I'll do a true like two and a half miles of pure running, and then I'll kind of stop and there's some green grass, so I'll get out there and do a couple sprints. And then I'll kind of run back. So you know, I, I try to do incorporate that kind of stuff. Because once again, I just think it's extremely important, you know, as you get older, to still have your joints and, you know, your knees and everything like that being able to get nice and um, greased up and, you know, running, running fashion, and then just kind of pushing yourself to, to that I, I just something I kind of enjoy. Um, something else I've been doing is playing a lot of basketball as well. So, you know, either before or after my, my actual lifting, I'll, I'll get in there, shoot the basketball around, um, you know, jump around, you know, do that kind of stuff. I just think it's, once again, really good for the body, kind of changes it up a little bit. And at the same time, it's just kind of something that's pretty enjoyable. So kind of something kind of good to do um, from a workout standpoint. And then pretty much everything that I'm doing now, I'm doing five, I'm doing four to six sets of pretty much everything. I don't do reps, pretty much anything less than eight to 12 reps. And then, um, certain days, so like chest days, my flat bench, I don't really focus so much on how many sets or anything I'm doing. I create, um, an amount of reps that I want to do at a certain weight. So I'll do 285 pounds and I'll have to do 30 reps. So, you know, some days, you know, if I ate a lot the night before, usually I can knock that out and maybe like three, four sets, you know, it's, I'm able to get a lot done. You know, I can do, do sets of, you know, seven to 10 pretty easily and knock that out pretty quickly. And, you know, then I always try to get between 20 to 30 reps at 225. So once again, it's not necessarily how many sets I'm necessarily doing with a lot of this stuff, but it's trying to create goals of trying to trying, trying to push a certain amount of weight, a certain amount of reps. So depending on however much I have to do, I have to knock it out. So same kind of thing with my actual, whenever I do my legs as well. So I'll get on there and do leg press. And my goal is to do 180 reps and I do sets of 20. So, you know, that's just what it is. And I go up to as heavy as I possibly can. So, you know, sometimes whenever I'm getting, getting down to it, I'm down, I'm up to like, you know, 140 reps, I have 40 reps left. You know, the last, the last like two to three sets, you know, if I get out, get in there and I do 15, then the next one I do 15 and that's 30. And then I'll put on an extra like 25 pounds on each side and I'll do 10 reps. So, um, so that's just something that I've been doing. I think that it's, it's kind of nice because you know, what it does is it creates this kind of, 
uh, you know, kind of something that you're trying to achieve. You know, I feel like a lot of times I get into a gym and I look at a lot of people and they look like they just have this like glassed face on their, you know, glassed eyes. And, you know, they just look like they're just in there because they kind of have to where, you know, whenever you get in there and you're able to kind of kind of have this goal in mind of trying to do something and legs are always the least fun things to do. But, you know, getting in there and I promise you get in there and do 180 reps on the leg press, you know, and your ass will be sweating by the end and you'll feel really, really good, which is always nice. So, it's usually what I try to do from an actual workout standpoint. So usually what I'll do is, you know, so I took off today, took off Sunday, and then on Monday I'll be in there and I'll be doing legs tomorrow. So what I will generally do is I'll get in there, I'll start off with some leg extensions, just kind of warm up the legs a little bit, and then I'll get right into my 180 reps on leg press, and then I will do front squats, and then I'll do um, glute ham curls, sitting leg curls, and then usually I'll end with something else. I, you know, it just kind of depends on on the kind of morning, but um, usually I'll do like some kind of lunge. I'll do like a one-legged lunge um, with the foot up on the bench and kind of going down. Um, or, you know, also something that I've done is, you know, making sure that I do like, you know, maybe like a minute to a minute and 30 seconds of like maybe four sets of wall sits. So getting down, getting that like, you know, parallel position, sit down there and then always wrap up leg day with calves. And then no matter what, I always try to do anywhere between 15 to 30 minutes of, of uh, cardio. So every day I'm trying to get some cardio in um, just once again, just trying to make sure that, you know, staying functional is very important. Um, and then Tuesday, I'll probably hit shoulders. Wednesday, I'll probably hit arms. Thursday's going to be kind of interesting because it's going to be 4th of July, so it'll be a good back day, especially going to be out the pool. You know, I always feel like back day is always a great day to hit if you're going to be kind of going out and, you know, if you're going to take your shirt off because nothing will get you more jacked in my set, in my mindset than a good back day. Both both, both men and women feel like that's just a, it's just a, such a big muscle group. It'll do wonders for pretty much your entire body. Um, and then usually, you know, you know Friday is the 5th. So a lot of people are actually off on the 5th, which will be kind of nice. So I'll probably go in there. I'll probably do my arm, my chest day on that Friday. And then Saturday, you know, um, I'll probably do some kind of like running or I'll go play golf or something like that. Or, you know, I had a buddy kind of reach out to me and say that he might want to play golf on Wednesday. So once again, you know, that's kind of the, the nice that you can kind of fluctuate because, you know, I might be out of the gym on Wednesday and I'll go play golf or, you know, go running or something on Wednesday. And then my day, my, my entire week will just get shifted back a day. But, you know, that is one kind of nice thing about having more of more of a realistic lifestyle of trying to work out and you know trying to have your life not just be solely focused on the gym but you know you still have that important part of like taking care of your temple um but you're also trying to you know live life a little bit as well so i think that's extremely important and at the same time as you know whenever i was you know i would compete for shows you know one thing that was it was kind of a struggle is you know i, I would be trying to gain weight i'd get up to like 220 which you know I would feel heavy like I would I could feel it in my breath you know and I could feel it, especially like as soon as I got into prep I would get on the Stairmaster and you know I could feel my breath being like taken out of my chest you know it just felt like something was like crushing me so you know it's it just extremely unhealthy to get really big and then come really down and you know you try to you know you go from a mental standpoint it's really really challenging as well to to kind of go from this like you restrict yourself so heavily and then you can kind of eat whatever so your human nature you're like oh I, I can eat whatever I want to so you know I think in that mindset you know it's really nice to kind of alter away from that a little bit and kind of get into more of a realistic lifestyle and also you know creating creating some game kind of game plans of what you want to achieve because just because you maybe not don't have a competition or 
you know, something like that kind of upcoming, you know, even if you're not doing like Spartan races or anything, you know, it's kind of nice to, you know, find out kind of weight that you want to maintain and, you know, kind of create that. And then whenever you get to that actual weight, whenever, you know, say you're a girl and you're like, oh, I want to weigh like 115, you're sitting at like 125 right there, you know, you have to gain, you have to lose maybe five to eight pounds. And, you know, once you kind of get there, the kind of nice thing is, is then, you know, see what you can do to kind of maintain that. But at the same time is, you know, find something that, you know, you can enjoy outside of the gym that's still active that you can do. So, you know, there's tons of different things you can do. Obviously, living in Arizona, there's some great hiking out here, you know, even doing stuff like, you know, um, going out and like, you know, I, I just, we do these things like just, you know, I like to wake up early in the mornings, I like to take my dogs on a walk pretty much first thing in the morning. It's just kind of nice, peaceful way to kind of wake up without any kind of technology or anything like that. Kind of wake up, you know, allow myself to kind of decompress mentally before I really start my day. You know, it's kind of a different form of meditation than what most people would think of, but you know, it's before anything can even impact my day digitally or personally or you know inner interconnectively with any other person that you know it allows myself to kind of start my day kind of think about what I want to get accomplished you know kind of go through some of the notes you know just kind of in my mind checklist wise the kind of accomplish and then you know whenever I finish with that I'm able to kind of you know look at my day and really get some things accomplished you know um so um that's just kind of some of the stuff I want to talk about I, I think from from the standpoint of just a fitness and you know just overall healthy mindset and healthy lifestyle thing is a lot of times it kind of gets overlooked in that mindset of you know what are you doing from beyond just what are you eating and consuming but also you know how are you kind of enjoying your life outside of you know the gym and just eating as well as what are you what are you kind of doing to keep that mental mental sanity I feel like so many times you know you know you struggle trying to find a weight you're like man fuck I just can't reach this weight like you know we focus so much on the scale or focus so much on trying to fit into a size four instead of a size six you know or trying to get into a size 32 instead of a 34, you know, it's just something that we kind of get fat, we get so fixated on, but, you know, a lot of times I feel like it's kind of pulling your mind out of that and really focusing on, you know, just your day-to-day life and making sure you take care of your mental sanity, and then just, you know, from there, just creating a sense of discipline, you know, it, it really is, it's a disciplined game of of what are you putting into your body is what you're going to get out of it. And, you know, I, you know, once again, with me able to kind of eat whatever I want to for one meal, you know, that's, it's really, really enjoyable for me mentally, but I can promise you come about 11 AM every morning, I'm pretty hungry. So, you know, it's, it's kind of something that kind of comes with some sacrifices of, you know, you're going to be pretty hungry throughout your morning and something that I kind of struggle through and, you know, making sure I choose, you know, healthier decisions on my lunches and stuff to allow me to eat whatever I want to for that last meal. So, you know, just, we you know, in order to enjoy my, my eating to a certain degree, I kind of have to sacrifice a couple other things. So that was something that I wanted to talk about just, just in that aspect. And then, um, the next thing that I wanted to kind of hit on, you know, once again, I know that, you know, I've talked about this a ton, CGC, which I'm, I'm, I'm invested in, which is, um, Canopy Growth Company. They're, you know, they're, they kind of took a down hit. They had some bad earnings reports that they kind of came out. Not, I shouldn't say bad, just they didn't really hit the marks that they were expecting, um, which a lot of this, you know, it, it's kind of interesting whenever they talked about, it. they talked about, you know, them giving stocks to their employees, you know, and that impacting their actual overall stock price. And, um, they also talked about, you know, that in all honesty, like, even though Canada is like fully legalized, they're not really, they're not really 
making the profit from you know from announcing standpoint of when they were actually fully legalized and then they just signed this contract with acreage which gives them you know once again another company to kind of pull some product for especially them based out of illinois and illinois just signed their contract but once again illinois isn't going to be fully legalized even though they're signing the contract until january 1st like making actual full-on sales so you know you kind of look at this from an overall standpoint and you're like well fuck like you know it's how are they not making this much money how are they not being able to hit their goals but you know everything is kind of backdated so i you know i'm just being a normal person you see like oh you know illinois is legalized like that means i can go up to illinois and i could go buy weed from a dispensary and you know even though that that was that what the news had come out it's not even been signed yet by the governor so it's supposed to be signed you know this upcoming week or the week after that um and then you know it's they're not going to be able to have you know dispensary selling fully legally um just to the consumer until january of this upcoming year so that's 2020 and then as i read more about it you know they're expecting full you know um federal legalization by 2022 just because you know right now we have i think illinois is going to be the 11th state that is going to be fully um fully legalized and i think like there's like four other states that are right in line to really make a push for it i think new mexico is one of them um a couple a couple states back east so you know as this kind of comes along you know pretty soon you're going to reach a point where you know when there's 20 out of the 50 states that are already you know state legalized and that'll probably be by you know at least 2021 um you know then it's kind of looking at well then you know how many more states are in line and then you're going to start seeing this like kind of tip over effect same kind of thing that you're kind of what you're kind of starting to see in the gambling effect as well i think california just signed um signed over a bill to um get sports betting legalized in california you know what you're going to start to see is there's just gonna be a ton more states that have legalized betting than states that don't have legalized betting you know i live in arizona and you can't do legalized sports betting in arizona but, you know, whenever, you know, if I go over to New Mexico, I can, you know, just kind of a weird kind of thing from from just an overall legal standpoint is if you're in one state, you can do something in the next you can. So I think that overall, I think that there's with this Democratic, you know, kind of push, I think you're going to see a lot of Democrats really try to hang their hats on to a certain point legalizing weed, because once again, it's going to be a great economic boost. And, you know, Trump's a pretty smart dude. I think that he sees this as a great opportunity to kind of hang his hat on. So I think that a lot of this stuff with the presidential upcoming, you know, election and all that kind of stuff upcoming, I think you're going to start to see a lot of conversation about this legalization of marijuana from a federal standpoint, just simply because, you know, it's a it's going to be a great way to get more voters on your side, whether you're trying to pull for one side or the other. So I think that's something. So I just kind of want to talk about that. I feel like so many, you know, especially in my generation, I feel like, um, you know, the millennial mindset. Um, there's so many people that want marijuana to be legalized. You know, I think they said that out of the average Americans, two thirds out of the American population, they want it to be legalized. And even the third that they said they, they didn't necessarily want to be legalized. I think they said like half those people had no preference really. They would just rather not be legalized than pro legalized. So, you know, it's just the numbers are starting to get more and more staggering, you know, especially, you know, if, if from a betting, from a betting standpoint, from a, um, from an election standpoint, if you wanted to win over two thirds of the country, obviously, you know, you'd want to legalize marijuana. So kind of see that. And the crazy thing is, is you're even, I mean, CBD is going to be an enormous factor on this. I mean, CBD is everywhere. I was, I was going through, um, through sprouts. They had like 
man, like $70 CBD oil. You know, it's just kind of crazy. And it, it's so funny. Just, I'm going to talk about retail here in a minute. We're, I had a buddy send me this, um, send me an article this past week about um, Abercrombie and Fitch is going to start selling CBD products and stuff. And I'm just like, man, CBD is literally going to be in every, every single location possible. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things. I think CBD is going to be one of those products that is really, really hot as, you know, for the next five to eight years. And I think you're going to start to see that get kind of get transcended. And then there's going to be another, like, what's the next kind of thing that comes around. Um, and that's just what I kind of think is going to be happening with CBD. I think that, you know, while there are studies going on and, you know, there's definitely a lot of good stuff that comes out of CBD. I think that it also gets extremely hyped up for a bunch of different reasons because people want to be, you know, I think more and more nowadays people want this all natural mindset and all natural product. And, you know, obviously in the pharma, pharma, pharmaceutical business, you know, it's whenever people, you know, see you taking pills and all that kind of stuff, they immediately think negative thoughts and they, you know, the opioid market is insane right now. So people want any kind of other, you know, substance possible than having to deal with any kind of opioid for pain control and stuff like that. But, you know, at the same time is, you know, I think a very, very important thing is, you know, none of this stuff has any kind of clinical really backing to the degree of what a lot of these other pharmaceutical companies have. So I think here in the next, you know, that's why I think 2022, as you read more and more about it, I think that there's going to be a lot of actual clinical data that goes along with CBD oil um, to where that really gets a big push from the FDA. And then I think that kind of being tied in with marijuana, obviously, um, I think you're going to see actual, you know, hard evidence of proving that there are benefits 100% from, from a clinical research standpoint of having weed legalized. So I think that's something to kind of pay attention to, especially when once again, the most important thing to me is making money off of this. You know, it's, you know, smoking weed. I don't really care if someone smokes weed or they don't. You know, it doesn't really matter to me. Just like it's the same thing to me if someone wants to drink or not drink. You know, it doesn't really impact me. It doesn't really bother me. Um, I think, once again, I think you can, if you abuse anything, I think it's going to be bad for you. You know, I think if you, if you, yeah, literally if you abuse any kind of thing, you abuse eating, you abuse drinking, you abuse smoking any kind of product, it's going to be bad for you. So, you know, I think, you know, with marijuana, marijuana being kind of the next one that's going to be kind of that legalized standpoint, I think that there's going to be an initial huge rush towards it. And then, you know, I think it'll just honestly become just kind of the norm. You know, I think that by the time that my kids grow up and, you know, weed has been legalized for, you know, 15, 20 years, and by the time they can even probably smoke it, you know, I think that they'll probably just be like, oh, this is just part of society at this point. It's going to be way less of an important thing. Um, and the CBD factor will be extremely important because, you know, if they do, if they can show some clinical, especially just backing to, you know, pain control and that being a good substance for actual, you know, a true um, a true product that can pre prevent and also you know, there's not, not really curing but reducing levels of of anxiety stress pain all that kind of stuff if you, they can clinically prove that it's going to be a huge product um, something that'll be around obviously longer than five to eight years but you know I think as of right now with the data that is out there you know to me it seems like one of those kind of hot topics hot items right now that you know definitely has potential to be a great selling item and then in eight years kind of start to wear off a little bit more so I think that's something to kind of pay attention to. But once again, buying in low and then selling high is going to be extremely important. So if you can get in before any of these marijuana companies get legalized, you know, and before the there's 
just like any any kind of market, there's going to be a couple big dogs that buy up everything else. If you can get into those guys before they start buying everything, you know that's going to be where you can make your money. And once again, you have to make sure, at least just from a just from a investing standpoint, you know you always want to make sure you can buy something and hold on to it for a certain amount of time. Um, you know, just that's where you're going to make your money. You know, buying and selling, day to day trading. You know, there's you know it's fun to do, and you know I've definitely done it. But if you can buy something and hold on to it for two or three years, and you know sit comfortably with 10 to $15,000 invested. And, you know, you can turn around and, you know, see that kind of double and triple. And all of a sudden, you know, you're walking away with, you know, really life changing amounts of money with being patient over a two to three year standpoint. That's where you're going to really, really be able to see an impact in investing. So just kind of something I think about. And then um, just something I did want to hit on just as I was reading, you know, once again, I started, you know, I paid it. I always pay attention to retail stocks. I worked for Abercrombie and Fitch for seven and a half years. Um, Nothing really bad to say about the company you know i had a lot of great friends that worked for the company i think that you know glad to see that the company had a really good comeback and everything like that so um but i started reading reading um you know i saw that a and f took a huge huge tumble about you know maybe a month ago two months ago so they started so i kind of was curious i was like oh well you know whenever i was working for them you know there's all this stuff about um retail you know you know what is it the retail um i don't know the, um, I can't think of the word, I guess. Um, but just basically retail, just basically dissolving because everybody thinks Amazon's going to take over everything. Um, so as I was kind of reading through, you know, it's kind of funny because reading the, I just pulled up a Money Wise article and a lot of the stuff, I feel like it's the exact same that they've been talking about for the past like four years. You know, it says, you know, Payless is closing 2,100 stores. But I was like, Payless said that four years ago. Payless has already gone out of business, I thought. Um, and then, you know, in 2019, it says Jim Bree's closing 800 stores, but I knew a DM that worked for Jim Bree, um, back whenever I worked for the company. And it's kind of crazy cause I've only not worked for a and for a year, but it feels like I've been out of retail for like three years. But, um, but I remember I talked to a DM that was working for Jim Bree and she told me in like 2016 that they thought they were going to close all their stores. So once again, nothing like new, um, though, I guess the first one that I really didn't know that was going out of business was a company called dress barn. Once again, I've never shopped there, but I've seen seen plenty of them. Um, I always kind of looked at it as like a Burlington co-factory or something like that, but they're actually going out of business. They've been in business for 60 years. So so that was kind of a, that was the first one that actually kind of struck a chord. And then the next one that I kind of saw on the list that I kind of found interesting was actually Chico's. Um, I had no idea that they had actually partnered up with Amazon and QVC. So they're selling pretty much everything online now, which is which kind of, I, I had no idea. Um, I, I thought that I, I knew a I knew a girl that actually worked at Chico's right next door to one of my A and F stores, and I had no idea that they had that that was kind of a, a ongoing thing. So, um, just kind of kind of crazy to see how much that's actually changing. And then the first one that I guess that kind of caught my eye was the actual Gap, though. Gap is going to be closing up to two hundred and thirty stores. Once again, I just feel like Gap was you know they tried to hold on a little bit longer than most of these other stores, and I think that you're going to see them really start to close a lot of stores, especially you know. On, a lot of people don't know what is all included with Gap, but, you know, Gap is, you know, they have, what, Gap, Banana Republic, and Old Navy. And I think, really, Gap is being held up by Old Navy because, you know, you can go in there and take $100 into an Old Navy and you can walk out with, like, you know, literally trash bags of items. They sell shirts there for, like, $5. So, you know, I think that the Old Navy is really kind of keeping that brand up. I imagine the Banana Republic is going to be out of those 230 stores. I would think Banana Republic is going to be one of the ones they close a lot of, um, just kind of leaving it in higher, um, higher affluential areas. That would be what I would recommend or what I would probably think necessarily. So 
Um, so those are just a couple that I kind of caught my eye, you know, as I was kind of going through, you know, just like some smaller ones, you know, I, I read that Starbucks was going to be closing over 150 stores, but I also thought, thought that, you know, there's a lot of Starbucks that are literally, there's one on the corner and then there's one that's in the like, you know, fries or Safeway, like right down, like literally across the street. So I'd imagine that, you know, to a certain degree, they'll probably look at starting to close some of those Starbucks in some of those areas, because if you pull up a map and, you know, there's... 14 Starbucks within, you know, a three mile radius and they're on, you know, there's two on every other corner, you know, to a certain degree, they're going to like, all right, let's pull back a little bit. So just from a retail standpoint, I, I, you know, I don't necessarily think it is a retail apocalypse. That's what we're thinking of. Um, you know, I don't necessarily believe in that. I think that it's something that's been blown out of proportion for a long time. I think, I believe if I read correctly, I think Target announced their best numbers they have like ever announced. Um, I think it was either last quarter or the quarter before. So, you know, Target's boom and I was just in target now they're 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 basically making brand new fitting rooms have all this special lighting and doing all this kind of crazy stuff in them you know they're trying to make targets really to be you know to where you don't really have to go to a mall anymore you know and to be honest with you if you walk into a target you can do pretty much every kind of shopping that you want to do into a target which i kind of found wild so you know, something that's probably going to continue coming down the pipeline from Target is just once again making a bigger and bigger um, commitment into things besides just you know just just clothes and stuff like that, but really taking investment into more and more food as well. You know, as you go in there, they you know they're trying to be a kind of that in between of a Whole Foods and a Walmart. You know, kind of higher quality than a Walmart, but not quite to that extreme of a Whole Foods. So I think that's something that's going to be upcoming, and I it's going to be kind of exciting too because I like shopping at Target. It's one of those stores that you know, one of my fiance is like, oh, like I want to go to Target every time. I'm like, all right, like. I can like wander off and I find myself like looking at stuff that's always interesting. So, you know, you know, I'm pretty typical, just like any other person, no matter what I walk into an Atari, you always walk away with stuff that you never would have thought you were going to walk in there for. So, so just, um, just some stuff that I was kind of thinking about, um, on this podcast and then just kind of wrapping up. Um, I want to talk about the NBA free agency just because not really talk about any players in, in, in particularly, but just overall the numbers of what these guys are getting paid just blows my mind. Um, Damian Lillard, he's he's probably my favorite basketball player in the NBA. He signed, I think he's going to sign a four-year, $196 million contract, I believe, if I read that correctly, which just blows my mind. That's at like averaging $50 million a year. Um, which, you know, once again, he's like, yeah, I, I love the way the dude plays, you know, I think he plays hard. I like that he's staying in Portland. He's not chasing to join a super team, anything like that, which I really respect. Um, but still just to make $50 million a year to play basketball blows my mind. Like I realize there's so much money within it's me. Probably it's more of me probably being small minded than anything. Cause you know, I love that these guys are making money. I love that they're, you know, being able to really not just set their family up for success, but literally generations to come. This is making, you know, forever money in your family, um, amounts of money if they do it properly. So, but still, it just kind of blows my mind to give somebody, you know, $50 million a year to play basketball. I was thinking about it, you know, it's funny, I was shooting a basketball the other day, and I was thinking, I saw this video of um, Khabib, he's the fighter who knocked out, um, um, what's his face, it starts with an M, um, Oh, I can't think of his name. Irish dude. Um, but he's the dude who knocked him out. And I saw this video of them playing basketball, not dribbling, just literally running down the court with a basketball in his hands um, and just threw it into the basketball. And, you know, it's funny because people were talking about, about he just signed a max contract and, you know, kind of teasing and stuff. And, you know, if you really think about it, 
you know, how kind of, how fun would it be to kind of watch like him and that, you know, what the fuck is his name? I can't think of his name, the Irish dude. Um, but it, just watch those guys play like a one-on-one game. They, I don't even think they can dribble a basketball, but if they put that on paper, pay-per-view for like five bucks to watch those two play basketball, I would, I would think they would be able to make $50 million off just putting that fight on there to watch two bums just play basketball and end up fighting each other. You know, and I, you think about that, it's like, there's just so much money in entertainment. It's kind of unbelievable to a certain degree because these guys, you know, there's some of these guys that are making money, you know, the average person probably never even heard of them. You know, De, you know, D'Angelo Russell, he just signed with the Warriors. I think he signed, what, a four, um, is either a 41 or $80 million contract is, I know it's crazy amounts of money to pee off. You're either making 40 or you're doubling and making 80. Um, but just reading through all the contracts, I don't remember which one he signed, um, but nonetheless, this guy was like kind of thought of to be the bust and all this stuff. And, you know, he when he had a good, you know, last season and a half with the Brooklyn Nets. Turns around, he's going to be making, you know, either one, either 40 or $80 million. Dude's going to be set for the rest of his life. I think it's a two-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, you know, you you just read more and more about this, you know. Um, just kind of, just kind of shakes your, shakes your ground to think about how popular and how much money you can make in the entertainment industry. You know, there's people on YouTube making millions of dollars a year, you know, making millions of dollars every month, just being on YouTube because of advertisements. So, you know, nonetheless, you know, I'm all about people making money. I just think that we live in such a crazy age. If you can find something to entertain people to a certain degree, certain platform, whatever, um, the amount of money is truly endless. You know, I work in pharmaceutical sales. I'd be driving around and I see so many people literally just walking around you know i'll be going to get coffee for an office and you know the entire starbucks is filled with people with just people wearing t-shirts and jeans on their computers with headphones in i always think i'm like what how are these people making money but if you can do something online you can literally make money there's not necessarily you have to go work for a place anymore it's just kind of a fascinating time to be alive um so nonetheless, I mean, kind of going off on a tangent there, but it's kind of a wild time to be alive. So um, if any of you guys have, have entertainment ideas or anything like that to create money, um, I definitely will support you guys. I think it's incredible ways of, of making money nowadays. Um, I mean, this is a very, very small portion of what I do. Um, I literally do this for a couple friends and family members and stuff like that and whoever gets entertained by this. Um, but literally I just do this because it's, it's fun for me. It makes me much smarter, much more intelligent as I kind of read up on some of this stuff. And at the same time as, you know, I, I have a couple buddies or, you know, I have a couple friends that will reach out to me and be like, Hey, like, you know, they, they appreciate the content and stuff like that. So, um, you know, you guys, I, I, I support all you guys that are trying to make some kind of entertainment, um, content out there. Cause obviously, all it takes is one small crack to get it open and you never know what happens. You know, I think um, I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast the other day and he said that he did the podcast for almost 10 years before he really made any money off it. So, you know, you just never know when one thing's going to hit and it's going to run. So, like I said, if any of you guys are doing anything entertainment wise, don't give up. I definitely recommend you guys to keep on pursuing it and um, wish you guys all the best. But nonetheless, guys, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and thanks for listening. Appreciate it.